Well, church, uh, great to be together this morning. Good morning. Good morning. What well, is uh, great to be with my spiritual family here in the Metro East Ministries, and uh, I am so grateful to uh, call this my spiritual home. And uh, we are a church of about six thousand here in LA, all over the county, and it's just great to be together to worship with friends and family. Uh, if you're here visiting for the first time, it's great to have you. Twentieth time, still great to have you. Whether you're here like Brent for the 5,000th time, it's great to have you. And no matter where you are, we're just grateful to uh, be together as a family. And uh, here in Artesia High School, you know, we started meeting here in January of this year uh, because we outgrew our facility in Downey. And so that's a good thing, uh, that we outgrew the facility there. Now we're here in Artesia High School. We're building new memories, uh, looking at other opportunities in our kids' kingdom to grow more. We need more translation equipment. Amen. Espanol, see. We need to uh, be able to grow in different areas. And so I'm just grateful to be with an imperfect people, following a perfect Savior, uh, like Jesus Christ. He's uh, my Lord and Savior. He's uh, changed my life. And, uh, you know, a special welcome to those visiting here. You know, it's a special occasion for me today because I've got some two very, very important people who've shaped my life. And molded me to be uh, all that I am. If you got any problems with me, please see these people after church. Um, they are my mom and dad, Dagwin and Arthur Lovkin. Welcome. My beautiful parents. Man, they're good looking people. I have uh, so much to look forward to. Uh, I got to keep on moving because I'll get really emotional. Um, I love my parents so much. And uh, we celebrated my mom's birthday. I love my mom. Oh, boy. <laughs> right when you think you got it all figured out, you just keep on going. But, uh, you know, I love my parents. I see them once probably every two or three years. They live in North Carolina. Three months out of the year, nine months, they're in Germany. And uh, they're out here visiting us. My, my boys love seeing their Oma and Opa. And uh, I love being with them. I'm so grateful to have my parents with you. Uh, Mom and Dad, I love you so much. Thank you for all your influence in my life. You know what, my lesson today is going to be exciting. I really want to talk about God's love. And I think, you know, as Christians, no matter how long you've been a Christian, you can always afford to hear a lesson on love. And you know, uh, three weeks ago I spoke about Jesus' last words. And just the, 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 the impact of Jesus' last words in our lives. Uh, it's totally changed us. You know, two weeks ago I spoke about the greatest commandment. In Matthew 22, the Bible says in verse 34 through 40, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And I'm so grateful that those two commandments summarize the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. You know, last week we talked about freedom in Christ. And you know, it's great that uh, it's Black History Month. But it's even greater that every month we should celebrate all nationalities and ethnicities in our church. Because we're one church with a body of believers from all ethnicities. And I'm so grateful that we, we have a freedom in Christ and uh, that we're one under Christ. And today, I want to speak about a topic I really believe we as ministers rarely discuss. We as ministers remind our members not as much as we need to. And a topic I really think we don't focus enough on is God's love. It's easy to look at the negative things, isn't it? We look at all the things you don't do, even in church, right? A lot of us, we've been around so long, we say, oh man, we need to work on that, that, and this, this, and that area. You know, it's easy to see the negative. It's harder to see the positive. And I'm so grateful God doesn't look like on you like I look on you at times. I'm grateful God looks on me like He doesn't let you look on me. Is that God's love is, is, is perfect. God's love is true. 
And so before we get into God's Word, actually, let me give you a, a head start. Turn over your Bibles to 1 John 4. That'll be our scripture we're going to start with. Uh, definitely, uh, we're not going to end there. Um, but uh, I've got a lot of things to share on my heart this morning. But uh, turn over to 1 John 4. And, you know, we are a praying church. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Before I, I preach my sermons, I, I include a lot of the prayer requests that you put back there in the basket. So definitely, if you have any prayer requests, please go in the back and throughout our service, put them on a blue piece of paper or put on a piece of paper and write them down there and put them in the basket. I like to include those for our services because I really believe the church that prays together stays together. But I really, really believe when, when, when you pray, a righteous man or woman prays that God moves. And so well, before we get into our sermon here, First John 4, I'd like to lift up some people in prayer. Amen. Let's pray for our hearts. Let's pray. God, we uh, humbly bow before you, Father, asking for forgiveness. We ask for your guidance and your mercy. We thank you for your providence. We, we thank you for the distinct privilege and honor it is to be your son or daughter. We thank you that uh, we can have emotion to express with, that we can have tears to cry, that we can have feelings to be hurt with, that we can really have emotions to be pulled by, just like the Henry shared. Whether it's a good week or bad week, at least we have a week that we're alive. And God, I do pray that you would continue to bless the, the fellowship here. You bless our families. You bless our lives. God, thank you for Gail Sweeney passing her test. And uh, we're so grateful for her expressions of thanks. God, we continue to lift up Ophelia, Sergio Polito's mom, to study the Bible and help her grow in her faith. God, continue to be with Minnie DeGaia and her cancer that she faces. It's great to have her here this morning. God, please comfort her soul. Comfort her spirit. Allow us to lift her up, God, and continue to help us really implore you on, on Christ's behalf to move in her heart, to move in her life, to move in her body, to get this cancer to flee from her. God, please be a joy cannon and Eric and the family as she faces cancer as well. God, move in her life. I pray, even as we pray, that every time we do pray, that God, her spirit is warmed and that she knows and let her know that she is in our prayers. God, thank you for Dolores Smith. Be with the migraines that she's having. Be with Bob Henley recovering from just being sick and trying to shake off his cold. God, be with Larry McLaughlin and his health. God, be with Vernice Jackson, Paula Johnson's auntie, and her recovery from surgery. Continue to strengthen the Johnson family to be there for her mom. Be with Vicki Johnson, Theo's sister, just to really allow her health to improve. And uh, Father, there's so many health challenges that I don't even meet that, to God. If there are health challenges here, that you administer to them even this morning. Be with Genevieve Gonzalez, that, uh, that she doesn't have shortness of breath, and that she's not gasping for air, and that you continue to be with her. It's great to have her here this morning as well. God, strengthen her and help her. Thank you for Chris Wade, our brother, who's recovering from pneumonia. And he was discharged from the hospital. He's home. Thank you for the many brothers and sisters here in the fellowship that encouraged him and visited him here at the hospital. God, an anonymous prayer, the prayer warriors. Thank you for the prayers in James 1, 2 through 18, the trial that this person was under. Thank you for the disguise of really overcoming the challenges through Jesus and the blood of Jesus. God, be with Nolan, Lily Broussard's ex-husband. He's fighting cancer. He's in Loma Linda Hospital, God, in CCU. Please continue to help him. Be with Melissa Farrell, Kristen Little's daughter, a sister, excuse me, to carry pregnancy full term for a healthy baby. Uh, God, thank you for the McMillan family who brought a, a brand new baby into our fold. And I look forward to sharing the announcement of the name. But God, we're still thankful for the McMillan family that uh, Julieta had a baby delivered safely. And a healthy baby. We're so grateful, God, for the McMillan family. God, I agree with Grace Young for her eyes. She's going blind. 
I'll be with Maria Martinez. Her mother passed away. Please pray for her and her family and continue to strengthen them. God, be with Ivan Martinez that he'd really grow strong and be a great beacon of light for his family. God, be with uh, Naomi Gatan. Her, her brother priest, uh, passed away recently as well. And God, we thank you for uh, Tom and Martha O'Brien. God, thank you for their family. Be around their two sons and daughter. Really put a hedge around the family in a great way to protect them as Tom travels. But help them draw closer to you and help them love each other. God, we thank you for today. Thank you for our lesson that we're about to have. Open wide our hearts. Let us hear what you want us to hear. Help me step aside. God, use me in a great way to not convey my words, but convey your words. And God, we're so grateful to see so many friends and family visiting. We love you. We need you. We ask and lift up these prayers in the name of Jesus. And the church says, Amen. Amen. Please do me a favor. We do pray for these. Please don't let them fall on deaf ears. Amen, church. Uh, I do. I can't email all the, all the prayer requests as well, but it's important for us to pray in great ways. You know, there's nothing more inspiring than love. Nothing more exhilarating when you fell in love for the first time. Remember when you fell in love for the first time? Remember those giddy feelings of emotion? Remember when you just, everything in the world just stopped. It's like, and, you know, the music came on. As you gaze into his or her eyes across from the room, as you make your way swiftly. You know, falling in love is amazing. You know, when I think of love, I, I think of a, a living and breathing example of May love friend. This woman loves me incredibly. So much grace, so much forgiveness, so many things she does for me that I don't appreciate or express appreciation for enough. I love May Lovegren. She loves me so much. Her love is inspiring. You know, May and I are so grateful. Thank you so much. You know, we're so grateful for our parents. You know, it's rare these days, unfortunately, and it's, it's, uh, it embarrasses me even to say these things publicly because as America, we have so much on rights, but we have so much that we need to grow in and work on. And marriage is one huge indicator that shows me we don't have it on rights. We might not have a lot of money. We might be the most free country in the world. And we can figure out how to make a light bulb and start a whole new internet company, but we can't take care of our husbands and wives. You know, I'm grateful for our parents. That both May's parents and my parents are still married today. That's a rarity. 42 years and kicking. And I appreciate my parents, just their, their devotion to each other. That they, when they said, till death do us part, they're holding on to that. And I appreciate love and their love is so inspiring. I've only been doing it for 15 years and I'm still kind of, you know, getting out of the honeymoon stage. But I tell you, love, love is such a powerful and inspiring thing. Now, I appreciate the video clip earlier. Talked about fireproof marriage. It's so easy to fall into looking for love and not giving love. And being critical of who's not loving you when, for me, you're not being loved because are you loving others? It's not about what you get. Love and marriage is about what you give. And I tell you, when I got, every time I see this ring, it's not about what I get, it's about what I give. And when I give, that's when I get everything that I'm looking for. And I appreciate the example that this young man was asking his dad, and he so confidently shared how easy it is to criticize the other person. When he goes, uh, that's how you're treating God's love to you. 
when you don't follow Him and trust Him. You know, a great living and breathing example is a story of a young man many years ago. This is not me speaking, but a story. Amen? When I worked as a volunteer at Stanford Hospital, I got to know a little girl named Liza who was suffering from a rare and serious disease. Her only chance of recovery appeared to be a blood transfusion for her, from her five-year-old, five-year-old brother who had miraculously survived the same disease and had developed the antibodies needed to combat the illness. The doctor explained the situation to her little brother, five years old, and asked the boy if he would be willing to give his blood to his sister. I saw him hesitate for only a moment before taking a deep breath and saying, yes, I'll do it if it'll save my sister. As the transfusion progressed, he lay in the bed next to his sister and he smiled. As we all do when we see someone we love. Seeing the color returning to her cheeks. Then his face grew pale and his smile faded. He looked at the doctor and he asked with a trembling voice, Will I start to die right away? Being young, the boy had misunderstood the doctor. The boy thought he was willing to give all his blood to his sister. And he was willing to do it. For me, isn't that so inspiring? That out of the mouths of babe, you have a young child willing to give everything for his sister. And sometimes we can't even give an hour to God. You know, love... And God's love is so inspiring. Inspired by God's love is my lesson today. Are we inspired by God's love? You know, the first point is that, you know, when I think about God's love, God's love is already proven. God's love is already a guarantee. Look over in 1 John chapter 4. And we'll start reading verse 7. The Bible says, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because, see, God is love. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, Since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us. And His love is made complete in us. See, this is how we know that we live in Him and He in us. He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has seen His Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in Him and they in God. And so we know we rely on the love that God has for us. See, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. And God in them. This is how love is made complete among us. So we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. See, there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. See, we love because He first loved us. You know, I appreciate this passage. There's so much to really take away from today. But I love the title. It says, God's love and our love. And it's so, it's so important for us to understand. You know, do you even understand God's love? Can you even imagine how much God loves us? 
You know, everything starts with us understanding who God is and how much He loves us. God has a passion for you. You might not have a passion for God. And you might not know God the way you think you know God. But see, one thing I've learned is that God has a passion for you. Whether you're a member of the church or not. God has a passion. God loves you uncontrollably. He cares for you deeply. But you can't know God if you can't understand His Bible. You can't even progress to even understand. Last week I talked about how it's important, Jesus says, to hold on to the teachings. You know, you can't know the truth until you hold on to the teachings. You know, I really appreciate, you know, for all of us to make that decision as a, as a disciple, as a Christian, is to understand God's love. Sometimes we take love for granted, don't we? I mean, it's just like marriage. I've taken my wife for granted numerous times. But see, the thing I love about God is that God is perfect. God is, His love is proven. See, God already said, I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to not hold back anything. I'm going to give you Jesus, my son, because you've made mistakes. But I'm going to give you everything you need to be the best for me. And it's up to us whether we want to receive and respond to God's love. See, God's love is proven. The whole reason you're alive, the reason your heart is beating right now, there's only one reason. God made you. God created you. God gave you an opportunity to, have, to be able to have intellect and knowledge and wisdom and make choices and go to school and take a job and fall in love and make these decisions that you make. See, God brought us into existing. God's love is extravagant. God's love is lavish. Beyond comprehension. I mean, try looking at the stars sometime. And try, you know, looking at the moon sometimes. I mean, the, 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 the universe is so vast, but God created it for us. You know, it's like trying to understand the internet. And you're an ant. How can an ant comprehend the internet? Simply impossible. But is the internet real? It's real. Is the ant real? It's real. But the ant can't comprehend the internet because it's so what? It's so vast. I mean, we got it right here. At the fingertips, you can look up whatever you want. Pornography, how to do this, how to find a restaurant. It's at your disposal. But yet, it's so much for us to comprehend. That's what God's love is for us. You're sitting here going, I don't really know God's love. If you don't read the Bible, you can't say you do know God's love. But it's important for us to understand that God's love is proven for each of us coming today. He loves you. And the question is, do you believe it, Rick Allen? Carol Caminetti, do you believe that God loves you? Amir, do you believe that God loves you? Ken Henry, do you believe that God loves you? God said, I want Jimmy Flowers to be my son. I believe in him. I love him. I care for him. Janet Rivas, I love you. You're my daughter. I'm going to create the universe. I'm going to give you every opportunity to help you and Franklin and help Frank come back because I love both of you. God cares for you so much. But do you understand and comprehend God's love? God didn't just say He loved you. He showed you His love. You know how sometimes we're, as, as people, we're so circumstantial, aren't we? Show me some proof. Show me something. Well, let me show you something. God sent Jesus for you. He laid down His Son for you. Whether you're African American, whether you're white, whether you're Latino, whether you're part of the church, whether you live in Uruguay, Peru, Argentina, India, God loves each of us. 
And it's up to us to respond to His love. He proved His love in an expensive way. Who here has a son? Raise your hand. Okay, keep your hands up. Who would like to dedicate their son and sacrifice him here on the altar so that we could all have salvation? Anybody? I'm so thankful we have God. Amen, church? Though we don't have to send our son to really give the world forgiveness of sin. See, God already sent him. The question is, do we accept his love? And then if we accept his love, well, we say it in our minds, but do we say it in our actions? Because you can talk all you want. Talk is cheap. Show me a sermon. Don't talk about a sermon. Show me what you believe in. And practice. See, God's love is proven. It's legitimate. It's right here. The cross is a fact. It happened. Respond to it. Don't react to it. You know, God's love is proven. When Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross, His arms were outstretched. I believe it's a symbolism of saying, I'm here. I got all of you. All of me is going. All of you is coming. Accept me in your life. Open your heart to my life. Open your heart to what I've done for you. This morning, I want you to fully understand the scope of God's love. God loves you more than you love your wife. God loves you more than your dad loves you as a son. God loves you more than that paycheck. Although that feels good during the time we have it, don't we? See, God loves you more than the money that you have in your bank account right now. See, God's love is proven. It's legitimate. It's the real deal holy field. It's there. It's there for the taking. But see, it, it's, it, it requires us to take action and respond to His love. You know, for me and I, we both weren't able to learn how to love each other until we can learn how to love God first. You know, 24 years of my life, I thought I knew how to build a relationship with a woman. I met my wife and I met some great people here who go to church and James taught me the Bible and I was like, you know what, I really don't know how to love people. I don't know how to love myself. I love things. I love partying. I love, I, love, I love relationships more than I love God. And my life reflected it. It was going in a downward spiral. But it wasn't until I got focused on God's love that I understood how to really love somebody else. See, before you can love somebody else, you've got to love yourself and God first. And it's so important for us to see that, that, that God's love is genuine. Also, God's love is immeasurable. You can't even measure God's love. Look over at Psalm 145. You with me, church? Because if I don't hear your response, I want to keep on going. Psalm 145. I mean, guys, I want you to hear my, my heart this morning. As a minister, one thing that breaks my heart, and I just got to be real with the church today. This is my family. My mom and dad are here, so too bad. This is my house. The Lord's house. Amen. But you know what breaks my heart on a weekly basis? Is some of you are so insecure. Some of you act like if you weren't on your best behavior, that God wouldn't love you. Some of you, when you make, when you come around, when things are looking great and spiritual, and when you don't read your Bible, you don't want to be around people who are spiritual. And see, some of us think that God loves us only when we're doing great. And it breaks my heart as a minister that we don't focus enough on love and God's love. Sometimes I can get up there and preach about sin, right? You want to help us repent and you want to be close to God and you want to do great spiritually. You want to have great marriages. And Is anyone perfect in here? Raise your hand. No. So you're in good company. But what, what, what pains my heart the most 
And I've been around this church for 17 years. Is that we think there's actions necessary for God to love us more. And we think when we're, when we're not doing great spiritually, we, we pull away from church. We pull away from God. And we, we start to go on these independent journeys of, well, you know what? I, God doesn't love me. Anyone say that? Well, He couldn't. Surely He loves you because you're the minister, Doug. God loves you, but He doesn't love me. Because, you know, I yelled at my wife and I, and I, did, and I stole something and I, and I cursed this past week. God doesn't love me. That is so immature of us. And, and we're so worried about what people think. That's what the world and society is. This is not society in the world today. This is called church. Where you're just like everybody else. And the thing that concerns me the most as a minister is that people don't understand God's love. We're so immature. We think that when we come around, then God really loves me. That's not true. God already proved His love to you. You've got to just respond to it. And accept it. Amen? Psalm 145. I don't know how we got there, but that was good. Psalm 145, verse 8. You know, God's love is proven. You know, I love my wife. That's a fact. But I'm not perfect for me. I haven't arrived yet. I've got a lot to grow in. Wouldn't you say, honey? Yes. That's a correct answer. She's being respectful and submissive. I appreciate that. But you know what? I've got a lot to work on. But for me, no matter what I do, it doesn't change God's love for me. And I think for us, we've got to really see our spiritual immaturity and understanding and comprehending God's love for us. Well, I haven't been to church in two weeks. That doesn't change God's love for you. Well, I haven't given my money to church. That doesn't change God's love for you. You're following men then. You're coming for the wrong reasons. Don't come for me. I really believe when you love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you'll give out of the overflow of your hearts. Because my thing is, do you really comprehend God's love? If you did, you'd do whatever you could regardless of what people say. But see, God's love is immeasurable. Psalm 145, verse 8. The Lord is what? Gracious. And what? And compassionate. Slow to anger. Can I get an amen from somebody? I mean, who's benefited from God being slow in anger? I mean, I'm so grateful God is compassionate. He cares for you even when you don't care for yourself. He cares for you even when you're acting a little bit off. He's gracious. He's compassionate. He's slow to anger. But this is my favorite part. He's rich in love. Who wants to be rich in love? I mean, the world wants you to be rich, right? I want to be rich. Be successful and have all this money and have this freedom. But, but for me, God is rich in love. He's got so much, you can't even comprehend it. But God's love is immeasurable. So sad to say a lot of us ministers focus on sin rather than focus on God's love. We want to help the church grow, and we do. Amen, church? But for me, I want us to grow in our love of God. Because when you love God and you focus on God, you're not going to worry about people in front of you. It doesn't worry about what the minister says or who, who says what. It's, for me, it's understanding that God's love is perfect. Number one, God's love is proven and God's love is immeasurable. Well, how do I know that? Ephesians chapter 3, turn there. God's love is immeasurable. You can't even measure it. You can't even make a recipe of cake because you can't even put it in a, in, in a cup. You can't even include it in in, in the earth's atmosphere, in the ozone layer. You can't even comprehend God's love in our universe and in our galaxy. It's vast. It's huge. God is great. 
But Ephesians 3, verse 14, the Bible says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches, what's, his rich, what's, he, what's God rich for? Rich of. He's rich of love. So what's it? His glorious riches of love, He may strengthen you with the power through His Spirit in your inner beings that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, yes you, being rooted and established in what? In love. Not in attendance of the church, but in love. In God. In accepting who God loves you for. He may have power together with all the Lord's people. Verse 18, with who? With all the Lord's people. So when you're not here, you're not able to experience the love that God has for you. Fellowship is so vital to your survival. Well, I got it in the world. I go to my friend's church. I'm not saying those aren't wrong. But I am saying that God wants you to see His love. And to be around the people that help you. And I want to help you be your best for God. Understanding, it says, made power through all the Lord's people. What? To grasp how wide, how long, and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You, know, you can continue reading if you want, but for me, I just understand that God's love is immeasurable. It's high, it's deep, it's long, it's wide, it's vast, it's huge, it's incredible. God's love is immeasurable. God says, I don't want just to know you, I want to love you, I want to care for you, I want to be there for you. I want to help you. I want you to feel my love. I want you to understand my expression. Here's why Jesus came, so that you could have a life with me. So that you could break down and not be following your sin and, and, and following your insecurity and following your pride, but following the truth and following through the Scriptures that Jesus is teaching us. And this is Paul's prayer for the church in Ephesus. Is that what? Understanding the richness of God's love. I mean, it says in verse 16, out of His glorious riches, He has rich love for us. God is rich in love for us. And then also what? What are you rooted in? A lot of times we're rooted in, in, in our security. We're rooted in the physical. We're rooted in all these different things that we can do and perform. He's saying being rooted and established in love. If you're not being loving, then you're not really imitating what God wants you to do. Well, Doug, you're kind of judging me. I'm not judging you. It's a fact. If you're not being loving, that's on you. I wasn't there. It's your choice. But the understanding is that God's love is immeasurable. God's trying to show us, hey, I'm here for you. But the thing that God gives us that I love is freedom. On your terms. Now, at different times, we would like to push you further to be more loving, wouldn't we? As a husband, you kind of wish your wife was more this or that. I think what I've found, I don't know much, but what I've found is if I'm being loving and being considerate and compassionate, then I think my wife will do the same thing. And it works that way every time. And so many times we're, we're waiting for someone to do it for us. We're not willing to do it for others. On, Our church needs to be rooted in God's love. Amen, church? Amen. And here, I love this part, verse 18. God says, my love is long and wide and deep and high. What does that mean? It lasts forever. It's unlimited. It's untapped. You can't even measure it. You can't even talk to it. You can't even see how great His love is. And here, some of us, we sit there like a bump on a log because we're so discouraged. You know why? Maybe you're, God's trying to get you to be open, not get into yourself. Yeah. Maybe God's trying to teach you the lessons you're going through and knocking you over the head and allowing you to make those bad choices over and over again because He's trying to teach you, hey, it's about me. Hey, Jose, I'm over here. Hey, Alan, I'm over here. Give me some of your time and devotion. Hey, Vin, come on over here. 
Focus on me. Don't focus on your obstacles. Don't focus on your circumstances. Don't focus on the paycheck that you've missed. Don't focus on the things that you've fallen short of. Don't focus on other people, how they've treated you. You be the great example. You show them God's love. Now that's an acid test of faith. That's where you go, whoa, I don't know if I can do that. Well, that's why we have sermons in the Bible study to help us get our heart to where it needs to be. Because we need love. We want to be loved, don't we? But then we're our worst enemies. We're cutting ourselves down. We don't even allow and believe God's love for ourselves because we listen to what other people think about us. And how we've fallen short and all the bad tapes and the wrong things we've done. Have you noticed how human love is so fickle? We are so fickle. We're so sporadic and temporary, aren't we? We're conditional. I mean, in marriage, there are times when you're, you aren't your best. We're so conditional. We're so, like, judgmental. But God, His love is immeasurable. His love is unconditional. His love is constant. It's perfect. It's resilient. It doesn't ebb and flow like ours does. God's love is consistent. He's there for you. Well, no one's there for me. That's not true because God's always here for you. It's just that when you feel distant from God, who moved? He never did. And I want to encourage us to understand that God's love is immeasurable. So sad, but true. A lot of us speak for God and we limit Him. We think because we aren't doing great spiritually, we're insecure, we're in doubt, we, we don't get the good grades, we don't pass the class, we, don't, we kind of mess up on our finances, we make a choice, we're lying, we're deceitful, that God's love, is imme- God's love is immeasurable. God loves you regardless of how you've made the mistakes. But He's willing, and willing to give you enough slack to say, hey, come on back though. I gave you an opportunity, I love you, I created you. It's not based on circumstances. You know, circumstances are so here and there. See, God's love is not circumstantial. It's not like your paycheck. It's here one week, gone the next. And so for me, I really want to encourage us to understand that God's love is immeasurable. I mean, for me, in verse 19, it says, God's love surpasses knowledge. So you can't go to school and have five degrees and think that you know God's love. Because see, God's love is not found in a fictional book. I don't care if you have a BS, a BA, MS, MA, PhD, doctorate. Ten doctors. It's not about how many degrees and how much knowledge you have. Love is immeasurable. Love is found through the Scriptures. And see, love, the most powerful thing I love about our church is it's not just coming here on Sunday, but it's living out the Scriptures. And when you live out the Scriptures, that's when you show true love. And that's the beauty of following God. He gives us choice. You know, head knowledge doesn't hold anything with God. He doesn't go to, you know, when you die and... When it's your time, he doesn't go, okay, hold on, let me see how much money you have in the bank. Okay, what degree did you have? Because, oh yeah, you had an MS and this, and wow, yeah, you're smart, let's put you on a different level. No, we're all on the same playing level. And I'm so grateful that God's love is immeasurable. It's not based on what degree we have, or what school you went to, online, four-year school, two-year school, junior college. It's not, it's not measured by knowledge. God's love is, is, is surpasses knowledge. And it takes, that's where faith comes in. See, people go, man, you guys are crazy. Ah, well, you can say we're crazy, but I love God. And when I put God's scriptures into practice, my kids' lives change. And, and my marriage is actually, we get along and we love each other. And we're actually happy. We're, we're genuinely happy. We're not like, hey, how you doing? Hey, how's your day? Ha, 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 let's keep on going to the next thing because we're so afraid. 
of really being ourselves. Some of you, you come to church. Why do you come if you're just soaking in the Spirit and think about you? It's not about you. Church is about coming to be with God and coming to share in the life-giving force that He's given to you. Church is about giving. It's not about taking. The thing I love about God in Romans 8, we'll close out here. I stopped looking at my stopwatch and I went over my time already. Romans chapter 8. Number one, that, that, that God's love for me, God's love is proven. Number two, God's love is immeasurable. And number three, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Did you hear me? It says nothing shall separate us from the love of God. I want to close off in Romans chapter 8. And just listen to what God says. Sometimes I think my sermon should just be reading the Bible and just being quiet. I think we might get a whole lot more out of it, but who knows? That's yet to be seen, right? But Romans 8, verse 31. What then shall we say in response of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for all of us, how will He not also, along with Him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then can condemn? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardships or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sore? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing separates us from the love of God. But I'd like to say, I think one thing does, it's ourselves. And we hold ourselves back from doing what God wants us to do. We minimize things in our life because we we start to beat ourselves up and we start to play God in our own lives. God is the judge. We're judged by the Bible. You're not the judge. Can I get an amen? Amen. God's the judge. Let Him determine what's to be said and what's to be said. But but let us use the Bible to guide us through. But do do we comprehend God's love for us? I believe that God brought you here this morning to say, One thing, I love you no matter what. I care for you. You're special. You know what? You're my son. You're my daughter. Well, you don't understand, Doug. No, no, no. God's love is immeasurable. He's proven to each of us today that He cares for us. God's love is proven. God's love is measurable. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Put everything down right now. Put everything down. Put your Bible down. Close it up. It's time to shut this party down. In the right way that I know how. When I wake up in the morning, I do one thing. i got to be still. Put everything away. Put your notes away. Some of you put your little Game Boys away. Your little iPhones, two phones, two packs, iPads, iPads, whatever you want to call them. Put them aside. And give your attention to the screen right here. And I want you to listen. Pay attention. At the end of the video, the lights will come on. Edgar will close us out. But allow your heart to be encouraged. Open wide your heart. Open wide your mind. And accept what God wants to say.
come from the very heart of God. He loves you. And He is the Father you have been looking for all your life. This is His love letter to you. Demonstrate that I am for you, 
not against you and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I love that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I've always been Father, and will always be Father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Love, your dad. Almighty God. need a tissue out there? Um, guys, it's, uh, what an incredible service um, today.